to the podcast. It's our very first episode. Yes, and we are very happy to be here. So, how are you doing, Kia? Um, I'm doing good. I feel like I've got a lot of energy because it's our very first podcast episode, and I'm just really excited. And there's just a lot going on for me. There's a lot of things going on creatively for me, and I, you never know how creative you are until you start doing it. I guess, mm-hmm. and it just feels really natural. And I'm just excited for my confidence to get more boosted and, you know, just to figure this thing out. Yeah. Agreed. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling good today. I think I haven't been feeling, I haven't had a good day like this in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Since we are in quarantines 2020 and yeah. we've been mostly stuck in the house, but I'm feeling good. Um, I'm very excited about the Femcast, and I'm very excited to bond with y'all about all the gay shit um, that you just feel like you can never talk yes. about. And just on that note, Kia, you know, I'm so glad that you brought up doing a podcast because I don't know if I would have <laughs> ever thought about doing this if you wouldn't have brought it up. Really? Well, yeah, I know. I mean, it just kind of came to me one day. Uh, me and Janae were hanging out. We went to this very random, very straight arcade bar. And um, I don't even... What was on? on River North? Yeah. Yeah, it was on River North. And I was like... I was just thinking earlier that day. I was listening to a podcast. And it was two black, gay, lesbians, um, like as a couple... And I was listening to their podcast, and I was like, you know what? I appreciate this content, but I can't relate to it. They were, like, way older than me, mm-hmm. and some of their thoughts and ideas didn't really align with mine. And I was like, who else is out there that will be doing a podcast about, you know, this kind of content, but something that I can relate to more? And so when Janae and I got around to hanging out, I was like, you know what? Janae is like the perfect, per- the perfect person to do something like this with. Um, I don't know. I just feel like we vibe so well. And all the conversations we ever have is good. And so, I don't know. I just really wanted to start something different. I don't know. It just yeah. Came. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm so grateful you had that idea. Because for me, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, there are podcasts that I've listened to that are like... I appreciate this for what it is and like oh my god these people are part of my community and like I love to see older queer women and queer people living because I also think that just like in dominant media we don't see that exactly. we see very much so like our age and even then we want to say we see our people yeah. <laughs> so it's it's always like piecing these stories together and I definitely have had podcasts I listen to that I'm like eh. but you know I appreciate it for what it is but I don't I know if it's for me I'm not married. Um, yeah. I, I think I still have a lot of lessons to learn and a lot yeah. of things that like I'm still figuring out. And especially at this time last year, as far as like dating and things go, like I just was so frustrated and talking my shit on Instagram. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, one day I'm going to write a book about this. Like right. one day I'm talking all my shit for for you know for all y'all to hear for all y'all to see because I just got these stories and 
when you brought a, a podcast, I was like, mm, I don't have to wait until no, I'm like yeah. 30 plus, which is fine. But I don't have to wait till I get these things out. Yeah. So, and I um, feel like mm-hmm. your story is valid. Your experience is valid. And if you share, you know, your rants and tangents about all the things that piss you off, there's going to be somebody out there who agree with you and feel the same way and will feel heard, you know? Yeah. We are in Pride Month, right? Yes. And we've been quarantined, only seeing few family close people here and there if you can um we are based in chicago and we are now entering phase four um so people are just starting to go out and just go do things have out even just outside picnics and you know hanging out with other people versus like april and march we were very heavily just yeah. indoors indoors only panicked because the hospital numbers are out of control all these things yeah and it is the end of pride month right now we're recording on the last day of pride month and i just want to talk about like what pride means to you yeah and um what this pride month has been like for you as a femme and just in the past, like, yeah. what, is, what is pride meant to you? Does it mean a yeah. lot to you? Do you not care? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for for me, pride really means identity. I didn't even attend my first pride parade until I was like, I want to say I was 21 years old, living in Chicago, and I never went to a pride parade. And around that time, that was when I was coming back home from college and I was kind of figuring things out and I'm in this new identity and there were no people around who looked like me, who felt the same things I felt. And so luckily I was introduced to Pride and my very first Pride event was amazing. It felt like it was me in an event. I felt like my identity was in this um, this little four, well, I don't even know how long. What is it? What is it? Boys Town? Yeah. You know, the block that they have Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. Or Pride Fest. Um, I don't even know how long that block is, but it just felt like my identity, my identity was just in this event. And it just felt really, really good. Mm-hmm. So for me, pride means identity. And like you were saying, being in quarantine and being stuck, like I feel like my identity is like, I don't know, I just really haven't felt heard or you know um i haven't felt that my identity was validated this year in particular because we had no pride parade and it was almost like just the whole month of june went by and there was no pride anything and i just felt really sad about yeah that. i don't know if you felt the same way yeah um I think I felt less sad about the parade itself and like just more sad about not having pride related events to go to yeah. like with my people and my friends. Um, my first experience with pride was before I came out. I went in high school and definitely did not tell my grandma and them. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and my friend would go and I kind of went because of one of my friends and she's not queer to my knowledge, but um, is an ally, you know, it's just like, oh, it's fun mm-hmm. or whatever. 
and we went and I just wasn't necessarily out at that time. So I wouldn't say I felt necessarily like super validated in that space because I yeah. wasn't at that place yet myself. Right. And, um, but it was a good time. I, I believe I had fun. It was a good time. I think that probably became more important to me once I came out, which that happened when I went away to college. To college yeah. And then I came back here and it was just a, you know, a totally different experience. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but again, the par- the parade is like definitely fun. Like yeah. you go, you have fun, whatever. And like the, the prides in New York is everything. Like that's, yeah. that's my favorite pride that I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I more so miss like, just the pride events with my friends, mostly because so much pride stuff in Boys Town is white. And yes. like I know it can be mixed and I know like black people and people of color who have fun in those spaces. But for me, I, you know, have more fun um and like the spaces that center like black people and yes. POC um that are pride events. And yeah, pride but this month in particular has been a bit of a bummer for me. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been very sad and I just wrote about it for Zora magazine, which felt very therapeutic. Like mm-hmm. I'm sometimes I veer away from writing about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, it felt good to like write about how I've been feeling this past month and just frustrated. Um, just also giving the murders of black people by police yeah. and thinking about our trans sisters and yes. like and then just being in the house and looking at four walls all day. Like, it's just a complete 360 from, like, what Pride, what Pride felt like for me last year. Yeah. yeah, but, like, okay. toward the end of the month, like, I felt better. Um, a collective I'm a part of, Part Noir, we had, like, a virtual digital Pride event, and that was fun. Right. And it was just, like, good to see people that I'm used to, like, even mm-hmm. though it was, like, on the screen. On the screen. Um, yeah. It was good to see people. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's how I've been. That that That's what Pride has been feeling like for me but you know we did this shit 360 yeah well that's a good segue into why for you why was it more important for you and you felt more validated in um, black spaces or spaces that were curated by queer people of color why did that feel better for you then, you know, in Chicago, we have Boys Town and that's, you know, like that, that's a queer area. That's right. super gay. But um, why was it so much more important for you that you celebrated in black spaces? Well, we can just start with the music and like culture. Like yeah. we know that black music is like everything. It is yeah. American music. Um, but I, I feel like going to more like black centered spaces. I hear first off, I hear music from across the diaspora. Like I'm yeah. really like I love so good dance hall and yeah. I don't want to only hear what's on the top 100 billboard. Let's start yes. there. Like I feel like in a lot of those clubs, you know, they're making a bug and people want to hear what's popular or whatever. But like I also think just music taste. Um, and I think too, like spaces that are curated for um, black people and black queer people, a lot of them tend to just try to uplift more of us yes. who are just trying to make their yeah. way. And those are the people who are listening to like underground artists and stuff exactly. like that before they become super huge. Super popular. Yeah. And like just more free. I mean, just to be frank, you, we have to deal with racism in a lot of spaces yeah, and those do. don't exclude queer spaces that are oh white. Oh my, that's a word right there. Yeah. That's a word. It doesn't exclude, just because you're queer doesn't make you a minority. 
it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you know the experience of other people who are oppressed it doesn't give you a pass you know you can still have biases and microaggressions and all that kind of stuff and still be queer yeah yeah and i definitely hear what you're saying about like the spaces being more diverse in terms of music and culture because I don't know who made Katy Perry the spokesperson or Lady Gaga. Well, you know what? Lady Gaga's a better ally probably than Katy Perry. But I don't know who made her the gay queen because Miss Katy, I don't know what she's been done for the queer community. And it's like when we go to these clubs in boys town it's like we hear the same three artists and it's not yeah. i feel like it's not diverse at all yeah. and it's so crazy that these people they think of queer as this stereotype but a lot of those stereotypes came from black trans and queer people of color so it's just interesting to me how um we can be in these spaces <laughs> and not represented, even though, you know, black, trans, and queer people basically built the space that they enjoy so much. Yeah, agreed. Speaking of that, um, you know, right now, I guess we can say um, the U.S. is having some type of racial awakening. I don't know what you would call it. I don't know if I would call it that. Um, but we're seeing after the death of George Floyd and all these c- companies um, saying that they stand in solidarity with black people. You know, we've been seeing a lot mm-hmm. of employees and people in this business who are black speaking up about the things that they faced. And one huge thing that has happened here in Chicago is... Um, I, I'm trying to find their name now, but a lot of the black drag performers who mm-hmm. obviously we know drag is really housed in Boys Town. Absolutely. Um, this is how they, you know, make their coin, make their money. Um, and there was a rally um, where protesters demanded racial justice. Um, and it was called the Drag March for Change. And then now there's like a black drag alliance oh, I love where that. a lot of these, yeah, I watched a live town hall where... Um, People were being held accountable for setting up barriers for black drag performers. And <laughs> I mean, it that's was a whole, yeah. a whole thing. I watched it on Twitch. We can link it um, in the description of this episode for those who want to look and for those who want to learn more. Um, but just speaking of that, that reminded me of like that's a big thing that's happening here right now. And it's so important um, because I, I feel like the best queens in the city are black, are black. and uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, I just I think it's just so terrible that certain people get to hold so much power um, over other folks but I'm just so proud of like the folks in our community who are speaking up for themselves and yeah. really like honing in on this moment exactly um, and you know these kind of spaces I think are always kind of different for us like as two fans yes absolutely and I think being two films can be interesting, being in these queer yes. spaces as well. I kind of want to talk about that. So what what is, to go deeper than like being queer, what is like being black and femme? What is that, like what has that experience been like for you, Kia? Oh, wow. It's been, I feel like it's been really interesting. For me, it's kind of being in the middle 
It's like mm. it's like having the experience of like um, because of the way that I present myself and the way that feels comfortable to me to move about in the world. I am under this, you know, disguise as a straight person and mm. people have these assumptions that because I'm a female and because I dress a certain way that I'm not a part of the queer culture. And it's just so interesting to be at that intersection of being, you know, straight passing and being queer and how that affects that way I move in these spaces. And I think for me, a lot of the things that I've had to deal with with being a black femme is feeling that I'm not queer enough or that because I don't look a certain way or because assumptions are made by the way that I look that I'm straight, it's harder for me. And I mean, that's just something that I just had to grapple with and something that's been helping me. And I mean, it's kind of how we met, really is just invading these spaces and putting myself out there and trying to make more queer friends and things like that because I can move about this world easily, but I wouldn't feel validated, you know, in my identity. So for me, it's kind of like being on that intersection and I don't look a certain way, but that doesn't mean I'm not. And I don't know. I've never had anyone tell me that, you know, I don't look queer enough. But for me, it's just the way that I move through spaces or like the way that, you know, when I was single, people who I would talk to, they would be worried that I, you know, I'm straight and I only date men. Mm -hmm. They thought Mm -hmm. I was queer fishing or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Yep. Or they thought that, you know, I was just dipping my little toes in and Mm -hmm. I was kind of just getting a little wet and then pulling it back out. But it's like, I'm just as queer as you all. And And if I tell you that, you know, I'm a bisexual woman, and I am interested in both, I feel like I should not be judged just because I don't look queer enough. Um, So it's just, for me, it's just been so interesting. And then that's just from the queer community. From the straight community, I get, oh, you're confused, or it's a phase, it'll pass, or you just can't find a good man. And it's like... (sighs) No, I'm actually, this is actually who I am. So it's just interesting being in that space in between. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, it's a, it's a wild ride, like, honestly. Yeah. But, because I do acknowledge that, like, being femme, well, first off, being femme, and we both are, like, cis women, because femme means feminine, Feminine, queer people as a whole. So we are, like, two feminine, cis women. That passing element is very interesting. Yeah. And I definitely hate that assumption with um, being bi or, like, being pan. Um, I think people tend to just... I think, honestly, the frustration comes from, like, men are just always centered. Yes. Like, just always. Like, if I'm being cute, um, that don't mean I'm, like, trying to be cute for a guy. <laughs> a that guy, yeah. I'm definitely... And even just having an understanding of, like, attraction and people thinking people are just making assumptions i think this is assumption part of it yeah but um or they not taking you seriously yeah well de- and i think definitely too with dating 
it can be frustrating um because this whole dip in the toes like that's it's just a joke to me because it's like if yeah. you really knew first off people's bisexuality pansexuality whatever can look very different like exactly. people can be attracted to many things mm-hmm. and i think the frustration is just like the assumption and i feel like there is definitely a privilege in being able to and being feminine and kind of like our presentation aligning with like what society says women should look yes. like like definitely understand like that's a privilege it is definitely a privilege yeah but at the same time I think the interesting part to me is sometimes kind of feeling like a chameleon in straight spaces yes. in the sense of like hearing straight girls say ignorant shit or like, you know what yes. I'm saying? Or hearing dudes say ignorant shit yes. because they're assuming that you're straight just based off how you look. Yeah. Um, and the whole like testing, I think for me, I just don't really need to prove shit to anybody. Absolutely. Like at all. Like I don't, I think when I first came out, it was a lot of pressure because I came out in a very, not a small town, but like a mid-sized town. That is very gay, to be clear, but it's very gay and very white oh, as a yeah. city, but then in a very, like, swing state situation where you're very likely, you may get an Uber driver who's homophobic as shit, and you can tell, because yeah. you with your boo. And I think that's the thing, too, in being femme, that can be frustrating is, like, being read as queer only when you're with only when a masculine with. presenting person. Oh my and don't <laughs> don't let two femmes be together cuz mm, don't know oh what to do. My, they will be roommates for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah, the presumptuousness I think of it's men though to put just themselves ridiculous. in that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's the annoying part cuz I swear like whenever I'm with a masculine presenting person who was like assumed to be a woman, there is there's first off always going to be stairs, which is not yes, okay. Yeah. Um, because it's just coming off ignorance of like judging the masculine presenting person or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I think it's frustrating because people just need to mind their business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mind your business. So I have a question. Yeah. So what does black queer media look for us then since we are these chameleons since we are these people who kind of fit in the in-between i mean look at people like janelle monet she Mm -hmm. my queen my queen (laughs) yes or tessa thompson when janelle monet and tessa thompson got together oh my god let's talk about the gay letter cover that just came out so Janelle Monet is on the cover of Gay Letter. Yes. And, you know, I love how these publications are, like, allowing people to do their own photo shoots yes. and send their own. Like, I've seen it with Kehlani. I've seen it with, like, so many artists yes. where they, they're taking their own pictures. And, like, Janelle Monet is, like, her hair wrapped up and she's in the white towel and she got a girl laying in the bed. Oof. Oof. And then um, she's outside with this beautiful eyeshadow. And she's, anyway... Um, but yeah, in media, I think it's so, and I think honestly what sucks though, I'm grateful to have like people like Janelle Monae and like Lena Wade yes. and Kaylani because I do consider her to be a part of our community, even though I know yeah. she's hella mixed. Yeah. Like I do because she, because Diddy Black, she's part of our community. Okay. Um, she gay as fuck. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge stan. I've been following her for a long time. So she gay as hell. And I'm grateful for these 
people, but I think sometimes it just like sucks that we have to rely. Yeah. On that, some like we don't get just regular love stories. No, we don't. <laughs> and it's and it's like it's almost like it's almost like these people who are in the media who are like this or this way. It's kind of we're like, look at me, look at them, look at them. Like they're doing it. They're gay. They're they're femme. Like mm-hmm. when Janelle Monae came out. I was so damn liberated because I was like, look at this girl. She yes. is femme. She is giving me dumb. She mm-hmm. is giving me mass. Mm-hmm. She is giving me lilacs and flower power. Just She's, she's giving, giving me, me everything. The future. She's giving me everything. She's giving me but spaceships. We have to look at these people and say, like, look at her. She can do both. Like, it mm-hmm. can be, be done. And for people like that to exist in media, is it's it's so hard to find, and it's yeah. so hard to cultivate a community like that. Because in our world, as, oh my god, especially in media, in media, gender norms are shoved, push, push, push. Oh, you're girl. either this or you're that. Yeah, and. I just think that the idea of a feminine, you know, woman, you know, loving another feminine woman is just very hard for people to grapple with. So I think for me, queer medium looks like, like you said, the future, but in a way that is right now, I feel like it's restricted, but mm-hmm. hopefully it's, it's so tight bound, but hopefully in the future, It'll loosen up and more Janelle Monae's will feel like they can come out and dominate the entertainment world because, girl, yeah. I need more. Yeah. And two, I just want more than, like, I'm grateful for them, but I just want, I want queer books. I want books, queer love, yes. stories. love stories. Like, I appreciate one thing that I binge watched while doing my hair was Love, Victor, which is a TV show on Hulu, mm-hmm. which kind of, I don't know what you would call this, but the first movie was Love, Simon, yes. which is about, um this high school kid coming out and um and he's white and then this show is kind of in a series and victor is latinx and it's about him coming out which is cool but i think like i want and coming out is so important right like i wrote a whole coming out story like i get it it's important and like kids need that more to it but i want to hear about the queer breakups i want to hear about the people who are transitioning while in relationships and what that looks like i want to hear i want i want i want more than celebrities to look up to because we know stories just so done i mean i wouldn't say it's done like i think it's important and i think there's many you're done with it No, I feel it because it's like we're over because we're over it, right? Because we're over it, but there's still there's always gonna be yeah audience for that, like always gonna be audience for that. But I just think like we're in the stages where it's like in relationships, dating, coming into adulthood, like making big life decisions while trying to be in partnership with people, and I want to read books about that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just want to rely on more than people because I think. When shit happens, like when people are together and like people like Janelle Monae and Sis Thompson, like, you know, I was just reading her gay letter story and she was talking about how like she's glad that she can be open and stuff like that. But she's also a private and she is a celebrity. So there's yeah. a certain level of like wanting to know what's going on. But at the same time, like these people don't owe to, us. and they don't owe us anything and they break up and shit like that. Like shit can happen. Like yeah. just like when anybody 
shit can happen. Yeah. And so I think sometimes I'm just like, if I was a celebrity, I wouldn't want everybody looking to me. So I just want to see us in more things. Like, I just want to see us in more things and in more ways. Absolutely. because, like, a motherfucker be tired of searching. And that's why community be so important. Because you hear about stuff from your from friends. From other people, yes. And, like, Word of mouth. For example, yeah. Like, I... A lot of the visual content, as far as, like, TV shows that I get, are from YouTube. When I was in ah! college. And they're... Ter- look, terrible... Can we, can no we shade. talk about it? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's I, go real quick. Wait, wait, wait. There was something that I wanted to bring up. Um, the L word. But I feel like we could have a whole episode on that. We can. But we'll I don't do want to bring it up because right I know now. we could talk for days. We can talk. Mm-hmm. But going back to YouTube, I want to say, girl, I... Okay, I don't know if y'all know what voyeurism is. But voyeurism is basically liking, looking at other people's lives. <laughs> And um, just having a bird's eye view of other people's lives. And that's what I think YouTube is. Mm. And I, for some reason, like with the past year, I have been watching a lot of couples, like lesbian couples, who vlog. Like real life couples? Yes, like real life couples. Who vlog and show like their baby story and their marriage story and all that stuff. And, like, for me, like, my girlfriend, Q, she thinks it's weird. She's like, like, why are you watching these people? Like, that's that's somebody real life. Like, why are you watching that? First of all, why do they want to put on YouTube? But also, why do you care so much? Like, why are you so invested in these people that you don't know? Right. And it's because we don't see it. Yeah. And, like, I, follow, I, I watch people on YouTube, like, Allie and Sam, and there's a bunch of other couples, lesbian couples. And I know, like... People think it's weird, but like I get satisfaction from knowing that there's like other people, other people. in the world. No, that's important. Who have like real life. Yeah, and yeah, that's important. I think one thing is that really sucks about being queer, which is why community is so important. Is so many experiences can feel so isolating. Like there have been things, especially recently, that I've been going through. Like, with the queer person that literally I can't talk to anybody about because nobody has that experience. Like, you can get as much advice in the world, but just, like, going through something and just, it means something to exactly. to know somebody else has your experience. Exactly. Like, and you, it, it can be very isolating. So, I think that's valid. Like, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, hella, that's hella valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been more so, like, YouTube TV shows. Like, people who oh, put them on YouTube. Yeah. So, not the best quality. <laughs> not the best acting when i was in college um i would watch this show called studville and it's based in atlanta oh, and I've heard of um it. it's based in atlanta and um it is <laughs> it, it, it's a wild ride you know i can't say i agree with a lot of the plot lines and stuff but it just like so good to watch just as somebody who I mean I can't imagine what that feels like for like mass women and like people who identify as studs but like um, for me you know I'm seeing them dating femmes and it's definitely hella mass femme you know specific versus yeah. kind of exploring more yeah, like different more genders that, but yeah. I think that still that's a story that needs to but be it's told still a story, yeah. that you don't see and recently there's a show called um, Curiosity TV okay. On YouTube, they made an abrupt stop, probably because it looks COVID, really pretty. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I feel like they probably have like great material, like great um like production materials, like videos and stuff. Uh huh. But it's just like literally YouTube has been the hole to go now for me to find black queer things. Black queer things. Yeah. Um, and find b- black queer people because that's just primarily 
who I've dated. Um, yeah, YouTube YouTube has been that hole for me. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, I <laughs> I want to we want to get into our our gay moment of the week. Yes. Okay. Um, this is where we're gonna just bring up some 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 gay ass shit that kind of stood out to us. Yes. This week, you want to start off, Kia? No, you can start. You don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're talking about media and TV right now, and my gay moment of the week is a scene on the shy. Oh wait! First of all, did it start did you see back? It? it started back. Oh, and the mama, two moms, the two moms. Oh, I love. They're that married. Show. If you have not watched. The first episode of, I believe this is the third season of The Shy. You may want to pause this episode Wait, isn't it and come four? back to it. I'm not sure four? what season. If you four. haven't watched the first episode of this season of The Shy, you may want to pause this and come back when you finish because I don't want to. Spoilers are coming. Um, but the two moms get married and they have a honeymoon situation. And, you know, some shit's going to go down in the bedroom and. A strap is whipped out. Huh? (laughs) 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 Yes. Is whipped out in in the bedroom and... Wait, the thing is is that I watched this show and I know exactly the two characters talking about and I want to know which character was wielding it. So don't tell me. Don't tell me. You can take an educated guess. Yeah. (laughs) I won't tell you, but that moment was everything. The Shy um, is created by Lena Waithe, who is a queer Chicago native. Shout out to Lena Waithe. I really love The Shy um, and a lot of changes this season, which I don't have to get into right now. But that scene just felt like everything for me. Like I was in my bed, like screaming. I'm like, ah! I'm like never on. <laughs> TV, have I seen this? Never. Like, I, I've seen that on YouTube. You know what yeah. I'm saying? On YouTube shows, I wonder if there was any pushback on a strap being whipped out. But at the same time, there are movies out here who be showing dicks left and right. You know what I I'm mean, saying? And you know why is it such a thing for, you know, a dildo or a strap to be brought out? Well, we can look at penises all day, all, every day. Look, they just throw them on the TV and throw you a little a little warning. Yeah. Um. But that's stuff my moment of the week. It's just like, I mean, I just, I, first off, I just, I love when fine people are having sex on TV. Just, yeah. just being, just facts. And Do I feel you? like I've never seen, yes, I love seeing fine, I love fine people and seeing fine people date or whatever. And I just love seeing it on TV. And I'm just like, never in my life have I seen a motherfucker pull a strap out yeah. on TV. And that's fucking, and to me, that's just, it's crazy. It may be small. But, but I feel like a lot of us feel seen yeah. by that scene. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go find that scene. Yes. I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to watch it because I love the show. <laughs> but I'm also going to go and record that scene. Do not record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I thought of my gay-ass moment of the week. And so y'all know we are in COVID. People who have some sense are masked up. But I want to say a couple weeks ago, I was in Trader Joe's. The Trader Joe's, you know, that one, yeah, the Trader Joe's over there. And I was rummaging through some peaches because I was like, oh, I want some peaches. (laughs) And I don't know if this woman was queer or not, but she had the cut. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> What's the she cut? Had, please, she had the please cut. tell she us more. She had the you. fade in mm-hmm. the back, in the curly on the top. Mm-hmm. She was. I, she must have been like mixed. She had to have been like, cause she had a very like loose textured hair. So I don't know if she was mixed or what. Mm-hmm. But she had the cut, and you know you can't see anyone's face. Like you can't see what they actually look like. Right. But yeah, that has not stopped cat calling. If y'all didn't know, it sure hasn't. And this will go great <laughs> with my story. So I'm gonna do some through some peaches, and this girl with the cut is like rummaging next to me and if you if you all don't know what i look like i have a snake tattoo on my chest and this day i just walked out the house i was not wearing a bra and so my titties are probably all out it's summertime <laughs> it's that's summertime. the way to be it's summertime, throw on a bando right? or just have them out and go exactly mm-hmm. but anyways uh we're both going through the peaches and she kind of leans over and she says oh i like your tattoo and i'm like oh thank you and um, she kind of looked a little bit too long. Mm. And I don't know. Because of the mask. I didn't know if she was queer or not. But I'm like, she probably queer. Vibes, she probably so. was. She was Very zaddy. Vibes. Zaddy vibes. Zaddy vibes. Mm. Well, I can't say that. My girlfriend going to kill me. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, zaddy vibes women, you attracted. It's mm. just objective zaddy vibes. Some people got zaddy vibes. Okay, oh. continue. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that was my queer ass moment of the day because I was in Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. which is the, the gayest store on the planet. And I was trying to figure out if this girl was gay or not. So that's yeah. my queer ass moment. Good for you. I'm waiting on my Trader Joe's moment. You know I still what? Haven't you just got to hang Joe's out. Moment. It'd be hella gay I lit, all the time. You know where I, I'd be I know, in yeah. the Trader You'd be Joe's in Trader Joe's. Often. <laughs> I just don't. I just haven't had my moment, which is fine. We, yeah. we social distancing. Don't yeah. try to talk to me in the Trader Joe's. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with our very first podcast. We're so excited to give you all the gay content coming up very soon. Again, my name is Kia, and you can follow me on my personal page on Instagram at Kia Kia Ray of Sun. And also, if you feel so inclined and you want to follow my teacher page, my teacher page on Instagram is teacherish underscore. And you can follow me, Janaea, at Janaea G R J A N A Y A G R. On most social platforms, make sure you follow the Femcast podcast at Femcast Pod CST on Twitter. And you guys can follow us on Instagram at Femcast Podcast. Yes. And tune in on all the pod places where on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a lot of things. Thanks again, and we will see y'all in two weeks. Bye, y'all.